Welcome to CollegeCast for pharmacy practice news, views and updates brought to you by the Pharmaceutical Society of New Zealand. Join us to find out about tips and tools for immediate benefit to your practice and learn about current practice topics and innovations driving the future of pharmacy. Welcome to this episode of CollegeCast. Today we have Ravi Sharma with us. Ravi is the Director for England of the Royal Pharmaceutical Society and he joined the Royal Pharmaceutical Society in November 2018. He has held previous roles as the National Clinical Lead for Clinical Pharmacy and Genomics at NHS England and as the Vice President of the Primary Care Pharmacy Association. Ravi also continues to work as a prescribing pharmacist in a GP practice on a weekly basis. More recently, Ravi received a scholarship by the NHS to complete a Master's in Genomic Medicines at Imperial College London and has just been awarded the Fellowship by the Faculty of UK Clinical Informatics. Okay. Uh, thank you Ravi for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Now there have been a number of changes in recent years in the health landscape in England. Can you explain what has occurred and how um, this has changed pharmacy practice in England? Well, there have been a number of changes that have been gone to a much more positive realm for pharmacy. Um, there is a realisation from the NHS across England but also across the other GB countries whereby they want to make better use of the clinical skills that pharmacists have. Um, in particular, we've had um, recent reconfigurations within the NHS, particularly following significant policy papers, which have new structures developing. We have an elderly ageing population that have lots of complex comorbidities. We have some workforce issues, particularly around the doctor and nursing workforce, um, but also the realisation that medicine should be utilised a lot better within the NHS. And, you know, pharmacists being skilled, trained, regulated clinicians um, that are taught to be generalists and experts within those medicines makes it a perfect storm to enable the true potential of pharmacists to be used within the NHS. And what we have seen over the last five years in particular is significant investment from the government and the NHS to really unlock that true potential. So we're having pharmacists integrated into general practice, mm -hmm. pharmacists and pharmacy technicians integrated into care home aged care settings, mm -hmm. and pharmacists prescribers integrated into integrated urgent care or NHS 111 services, um, which has been centrally funded by the NHS at scale. And all of those pharmacists will eventually be prescribers, independent autonomous prescribers, to really help improve access to healthcare, but also the quality and safety towards patients and help alleviate the pressures on on our NHS system. Talking about what's happened in the last five years and, and those changes, yeah. um, what positive um, changes are you seeing now in the NHS that wasn't happening five years ago? Well I think there has been a complete shift in the opinions of healthcare professionals but also of the public around how pharmacists can do more within the NHS from a clinical perspective. Mm -hmm. So we've seen a considerable um, acceptance from organisations such as the British Medical Association and the Royal College of GPs working in collaboration with the Royal Pharmaceutical Society around utilising pharmacists within these type of areas. So if we're looking at the sheer scale and level of investment, over £200 million was invested within pharmacy practice um, in 2016 following the general practice forward view to integrate pharmacists wider into the NHS healthcare systems in particular and as I mentioned earlier all to become prescribers so mm. creation of new job opportunities better ways of utilizing the pharmacist roles in patient facing clinical roles and really utilizing their expertise in a much more sophisticated fashion to deliver better quality of care to the people that we serve but also to produce best value for the taxpayer investment. Mm. 
And some of that money that was invested around 2016, yeah. has that gone specifically to the education of pharmacists moving into these roles? So I suppose there's a different number of facets of what mm. that money was used for. Some of it was used to help with the recruitment of pharmacists into these integrated roles. Mm -hmm. um, there was a pot of money that was used to support the continual professional development of pharmacists, in particularly an 18-month training pathway mm -hmm. to support pharmacists' clinical practice and autonomy. And also there was a ring-fence pot of money to ensure that all pharmacists' independent prescribing qualifications was also funded as well. Uh, and as a, sub as a subset of that, there was an organisational development programme for multi-professionals on the front line to enable, you know, we know there's been a history of cultural barriers that have tended to develop mm. between pharmacy and, and, and medics, unfortunately, but to just alleviate some of those changes and to make sure that the pharmacists were utilised in, 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 the, in the way that the Department of Health and the NHS wanted them to be used in. And I've read that NHS England has committed almost £3 billion to community pharmacy and committing £2.592 billion over five years from this year 2019 to 2024 mm. as recognition to the contribution of community pharmacy to the NHS long-term plan. What does this mean and what is that commitment of community pharmacy? Great question. Um, so the NHS long-term plan was a significant policy paper published in January 2019 which set out a clear vision for the NHS over the next 10 years. So, you know, making sure that the NHS is fit for purpose essentially. And there were some key areas of focus from it as well, but the key part of that, um, key part of that big policy paper was to better utilise community pharmacy's clinical skills. So within a new community pharmacy contract settlement that's been negotiated on behalf of the profession by the PSNC in the United in England in particular there is now a shift um, to enable community pharmacists to do a, many more clinical-led services in comparison to um, some of the other traditional roles that community pharmacy were, were focused on. We know that community pharmacists on the front line every day work extremely hard mm -hmm. and do a lot of things of goodwill mm -hmm. to support patient populations and this is a recognition of those conversations and those interventions that community pharmacy makes to ensure that not only do they continue delivering that high level of care, but also are remunerated in a fair fashion for those enhanced clinical services. Um, there are some stuff that still needs to be worked up in some of those contract negotiations about what do those clinical services particularly look like, mm. but also there needs to be ways in which the community pharmacy profession can go to the Department of Health and still say, you know, to implement some of this, it still costs more that's currently within the contract and have some more of those detailed discussions on a year-on-year -year basis. So it's great that it's ring-fenced for community pharmacy and it will be within the contract for the next five years that allows the contractor to, um, to look towards the future and how they deliver those services across the landscape. But what will need to be taken into consideration is the impacts of tax, inflation, but also the implementation of this new community pharmacy contract on a year-on-year -year basis. Now we've talked a little bit about um, pharmacists moving into general practice, becoming autonomous prescribers, yes. uh, a little bit about um, community pharmacy as well. What are some of the challenges faced in the pharmacy sector, recognising that there's a fair amount of movement for pharmacists potentially moving from community pharmacy or other roles into um, more clinical roles outside of the community pharmacy, working in um, GP practices and all autonomous roles? Yeah, it is another great, great question. So we 
the sheer numbers of pharmacists working in integrated roles is set to increase over the next five years. So we're looking at potentially up to 7,000 pharmacists working in a much more integrated fashion across primary care. And quite rightfully, that has potential impacts on the pharmacist workforce, not just within community pharmacy, actually, but also in hospital pharmacy mm. settings and in other areas mm. of pharmacy practice across primary and secondary care, but also mental health and social care yes. services as well. So when we are looking at this, there is a, there is a potential risk of, of those those type of debalancing of the workforce let's call it to potentially happen which could you know you don't want to take some of your best pharmacists out of different areas That's to right. go and deliver this so what the NHS is open to discussion around at the current moment is developing flexible models of care to be delivered and so what we have seen in certain areas of England is hospital pharmacists rotating into primary care general practice services to deliver a much more integrated and collaborative model between secondary care services and primary care it also means that those pharmacists have an opportunity to enhance their skills and scope of practice mm -hmm. by able to work across different healthcare settings mm -hmm. but doesn't de-drain the workforce within, within hospital pharmacy. Mm -hmm. And equally, as we move to a much more integrated primary care setting between community pharmacy and general practices, there'll be opportunities for community pharmacists to rotate in GP surgeries. Rather than GPs employing them all directly, there will be opportunities for developing different models of care dependent on your local population health needs. So it's an absolute real risk, mm. but there are opportunities and flexibilities and hopefully levers within the system that will allow some more integrated working for the future. Great, so something that we'll be looking at closely, Absolutely. no doubt, as well. <laughs> Um, and recognising all the changes that are happening within England right now, what are some of the new or emerging pharmacist roles and services that you are now seeing in England? So I would think that what happens with the future of community pharmacy I think could be quite interesting. So we know there's going to be new clinically enhanced services within the community pharmacy contract. We've been given some ideas of what that could look like. So it could be point of contact testing for HIV, for instance. It could be early screening of CVD conditions such as blood pressure monitoring, but also AF screening for the future, but also some stuff around early cancer support, but also medicine safety in particular. So looking at medicines reconciliation as people discharge from different healthcare settings, particularly from hospital, but also from tertiary care sectors, sectors as well. Mm. So that could be quite exciting to look forward to. If we're looking at real futuristic type healthcare beyond the NHS long-term plan in the next 10 years, then I think there's an absolute unique role for pharmacists within genomics. Mm. Um, and I think that's probably in two facets in particular. One would probably be in bio biomarker transformation and formation of mutants that cause particular type of genetic diseases and, uh, and, and, and the fast tracking of drug discovery mm. to help treat some of those conditions. And secondly would be around pharmacogenomics and the idea of being able to stratify someone's medicines dependent upon their genomic profile. Mm. A good example of that would be cytochrome P450 expression in drugs that are metabolized via the liver, for instance. So your statins therapy, your clopidogrels for the future, and, and how do you really optimize medicines according to those inter-individual differences rather than based on cohorts of patients mm. from your guidelines, mm. um, which I think is quite, uh, quite a good thing. But also I think around the digital medicine platform, we're not just talking around simple interoperability of medical notes here. We're talking at telemedicines in particular, mm -hmm. video consultations, the enhancements in point of contact testing, maybe even for antimicrobial resistance as well, and how that whole landscape changes in particular, but a key role in clinical informatics and data-driven type care to support a population and drive uh, and reduce 
health inequalities going forward for the future. And then I think it's in, in an important role for artificial intelligence and robotics not to be taken off the table and how pharmacy can contribute to that. And while some of it's still a bit unknown at the moment because of the sheer pace of scale of some of that stuff, I do think there's an opportunity for artificial intelligence to support clinical practice from a data analyst perspective, but also from a recommendation perspective on how to medicine, optimize medicines, their, uh, medicines appropriately, but also how to identify risky populations that need our greatest healthcare interventions. Mm. A lot of potential <laughs> emerging, emerging roles and the ability to expand. What, what is it that we're doing now versus Absolutely. what what we'll be doing in, in five or ten years time yeah. and, and further into the future? I think it's really important from a from a leadership perspective that pharmacy does set those precedents for the next ten yeah. years. We know lots is happening now, but mm -hmm. we want to make sure the profession is safeguarded for the future beyond the next five, ten years in yeah. particular. And I think it's important for us to put our benchmark in the sand right. for where we're going to be to in order to make sure the uh, pharmacy profession lives for long, mm -hmm. but also new jobs are created. And there's still the recognition from the NHS that pharmacists play a crucial part in delivery of future healthcare for the, for the, for the NHS. Yeah. Now we've talked a lot about pharmacists, their roles and the future of, of pharmacy yeah. as well. What is the role of the pharmacy technicians in this new environment? And, and really good, good question. So it's important to remember that pharmacy technicians are regulated healthcare professionals mm. within Great Britain. So they mm. are under the regulator, the General Pharmaceutical Council, mm. like pharmacists are as well. Mm. I think pharmacy technicians have an increasing role within mm. INHS um, across it, not just within hospital pharmacy, but I also think around these new integrated roles and in community pharmacy. I think it's important to work with pharmacy technicians to utilise their skill set to mm -hmm. help with the operational delivery of things mm -hmm. to enable the pharmacist to focus on some of the more clinical side of things as well, you know, from a point of care um, perspective, but also from a delivery of optimization type stuff as well. Mm -hmm. I work with a pharmacy technician myself in general practice mm -hmm. who really help with some of the monitoring of patients in particular. They help me with some of the public health indicators of patients, okay. but also some of the medicine safety stuff as well. And I think it's really about for me about utilising the skills of your workforce effectively to deliver the best patient care and being able to enable everyone to work at the top of their licence essentially. Mm. Um, what we'd like with any pharmacist working in these new areas, it's important that the continual professional development of pharmacists and pharmacy technicians are maintained, particularly as scope of practice increases and responsibilities increase mm. because it's all about delivering a safe and effective service to members of our public through the NHS. So whatever realms that goes into for the future, it's important that those parameters are are, I mean, they're at the forefront of everything that we do, but mm. I think it is about utilising your workforce more sophisticated mm -hmm. in the whole pharmacy team, not just pharmacy technicians, to deliver the best for patient care and safety. Thank you very much, Ravi. CollegeCast is brought to you by Sharina Bassan from the College Education and Training Business Unit of the Pharmaceutical Society of New Zealand. All views of our guests in these episodes are their own.